Sally Jensen had been back east for almost six weeks, during which time she had visited her family in Vermont, friends and relatives in Boston and New York. And as the last part of her trip, she was in Washington, D.C. At the moment, she was sitting in the reception room, just outside the presidential office in the White House. As she waited to meet with the president, she was reading the novel A Study in Scarlet, written by the English author Arthur Conan Doyle, in which he introduced a new character, Sherlock Holmes. Sally enjoyed the intellect and deductive reasoning of the Sherlock Holmes character. So engrossed was she in the book that she did not notice Colonel Lamont, the appointment secretary, approaching her. Mrs. Jensen? Colonel Lamont said. Sally looked up from her book. It took her a second to come out of the story and realize exactly where she was. Yes. The President will see you now. Oh, thank you, Sally answered with a broad smile. Slipping a bookmark in between the pages, she stood, then followed the secretary into President Cleveland's office. The president was rather rotund, with a high forehead and a bushy mustache. He was wearing a suit, vest, and bow tie, and he was smiling as he walked around the desk with his hand extended. Mrs. Jensen. How wonderful to see you. The pleasure is all mine, Mr. President, Sally replied. President Cleveland pointed to a sitting area over to the side. Please, won't you have a seat and tell me all about your wonderful West? As you say, Mr. President, it is wonderful. You really should take a trip out there sometime. I agree, I must do that. And your husband, Smoke, he is doing well? He is doing very well, thank you. Right now he and the others are involved in the spring roundup. The spring roundup, President Cleveland said. What exciting images those words evoke. The president glanced toward the door to make certain no one could overhear him. Please don't tease me about it, but from time to time... I read novels of the West. I find them a wonderful escape from the tedium of reports, analysis, bills, etc., 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 ad nauseum. Sally laughed. And how is your family? They are doing well, thank you. It was my family who insisted that I call upon you before I return home, Sally said. And rightly so. President Cleveland replied. When I was governor of the state of New York, I vetoed the bill that would have reduced the fare to five cents on the elevated trains in New York. That was an extremely unpopular veto, and your father's support, even though he was not a resident of New York, helped convince several legislators to change their vote and support me when the legislature attempted to override the veto. Had I lost that veto, I believe my political career would have been finished. I do not think it would stretch credulity too far to suggest that I am occupying the White House partly because of your father's early and important support. Sally laughed. 
It wasn't all altruistic on my father's part, you understand, Mr. President. He had loaned Jay Gould the money to buy the railroad. He was merely looking out for his investment. Oh, President Cleveland said, clutching his heart with both hands and laughing. And here I was certain your father's support was because he thought me to be a brilliant politician and servant of the people. Sally and the President visited for a while longer. Then she was invited to have lunch with Frances Cleveland, the President's young wife. Unfortunately, I will not be able to attend, as I have a prior luncheon engagement with the Caucus of Western Senators. Well, if they are from the West, then by all means you should not break the appointment, Sally suggested. But if it was a Caucus of Eastern Senators? Then I would fully expect you to join us, Sally said.